Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pat just revealed I, that uh, Wick Grousebeck's real name is Wyclef. Wyclef. That's why we're all giggling. But yeah, that's such I, a G name. Yeah. Go ahead, Gordo. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, but no, yeah, I, was, I mean, I, I mean, Tyler O'Neill's solid addition. No, I'm I'm in favor yeah. of it. I like no. the addition. We needed the right-handed bat. It's basically a replacement of Verdugo, but I think a more a potential for a more consistent Verdugo. Well, the the reason, like, I see a lot of people who mistakenly think that this is like a, maybe a fourth outfielder type like that's very much not the case like this is like a a legitimate upside addition and like he could be a plus defender plus bat and speed if he puts it together this is he's a, he's a guy on an, on an expiring contract uh i think he's a way better fit for Verdu- than verdugo was for the Sox because a he's a right-handed hitter b they needed power from the right-handed side he makes less money than verdugo um, he hasn't played much right field, but as a plus defender, two gold gloves, I think he can, he could spot out there. He's going to hit well at Fenway park. Like he's on, he's in his contract year. There's a lot of good things to like here. And I think the biggest thing that I see is that they didn't invest in one of those three or four year contracts. Like you maintain your flexibility while also investing in an, an upside. And usually if you want to invest in upside, like you're looking at one of these guys like, okay, I think Teoscar Hernandez can go back to what he was two years ago. I think that like Jorge Soler at Fenway Park could hit 40 home runs. I think Lourdes Gurriel would play good defense. Like there's plenty of guys who you can invest three or four year contracts into that have plenty of upside. But the issue is the downside is if they stink, you're locked in for three or four years. With O'Neill, you gave up very little. You get a guy who has upside and and if it works you can extend him and if it doesn't then in a year you can see if Lou, Luis Robert is available if oh. the Padres are trying to shed more money and want to trade Tatis or maybe Roman Anthony and Sedan Rafaela are knocking down the door of the big league club and you don't even need the guy anymore like I think maintaining that flexibility in the outfield is big and I didn't think they were going to be able to get a guy with upside to do that and honestly I was really impressed that they were able to do it while also at the same time if you if you combine that and the verdugo move they they have a better farm system than they did before that they're spending less money than they were before that and the prospects that they do have as a result like he dick fitz projects as a starting pitcher even even if he's a back-end guy he projects as a starting pitcher nick robertson like as much as i thought he might be able to impact this year's Red Sox team, like he was going to be a reliever and you didn't know what he was going to be. 
So I, I really like the move. I think it's an underrated move. I don't think enough people are talking about it just because naturally you see Juan Soto go to the Yankees and you see Shohei Otani sign. Like, who, who the hell wants to talk about Tyler O'Neill? But I think this was a great trade. People aren't yeah, talking about I, the fact that he... Oh, sorry, Pat. Go for it. Go for it. I just found a no, very was, cool stat. I was going to agree with Gordo. I think fit-wise, it's perfect. You have someone with plus-plus defense, a ton of pop, everything that, from the right-handed side, everything the Red Sox need. The biggest question with him is health. If healthy, at his absolute worst, if he is healthy, you have an Adam Duvall with 90-grade speed. At his best, you have a gold glove winning 30-30 guy. That is, Verdugo could never be a 30-30 guy. Never mind have, a, Verdugo played a great right field. He mastered the right field at Fenway. He was never fast. He never had an absolute rifle of an arm. Defensively, O'Neal's an upgrade. Offensively, both floor and ceiling. Higher than Verdugo. I love the fit. I love the move. You gave up nothing. If he doesn't stay healthy, you gave up nothing. You have a plethora of outfielders you can play. You have Duran. You have Ref Snyder. You have Rafaela. You have Yoshida. You have Abreu. You have the insurance there. I love the risk. I love the fit. I love Tyler O'Neill. I want to lift with him. Sorry. We we could definitely get that happening. I, I think we could do a workout session between like Duran and uh, O'Neill. Wait, you're not Pat. You're not. You're not like intimidated at all. That was my. That was my question. I need because Pat's our resident muscular guy on the podcast. So like Tyler O'Neill comes in, his biceps a little bit are, of a threat. Little little threatening in the bicep and the trap department. Pat, I just want you to have a chance to say your piece here. Yeah, no, it uh, it, it scares me. I mean, Jaron Duran, fitness wise, I thought he was off the charts. Then you see Tyler O'Neill after a walk off in St. Louis, looking like Arnold Schwarzenegger in the eighties. It's not great, but it hurts. Pat, are you quite, are you are you debating not going to Winter Weekend now? Are you scared at all? <laughs> I'll layer up. I'm, I'm gonna layer up. I'm gonna wear. Okay, a yeah, you got some Wear a padded suit. Wear a goose suit. Jacket. I'm just gonna say I'm two forty. I thought you meant brute strength. He's gonna be like, nice to meet you, man. But you know what they say? Like it's it's a lot similar to like, you know like rising tides lift all boats. Um, like very similar rising testosterone lifthal testosterone. So maybe your T levels will spike. I mean, that'd be cool. That's We're that's a monitor. benefit. Let's monitor that all year long to see if like when Tyler O'Neill and or Jaron Duran do something productive, we're gonna have a monitor on Pat's T levels to see if they change. Good or bad. I like that. It will. Yeah. We'll like have Pappy going. We'll get a sponsorship. It'll be. I don't know if there's any like men's health. Uh, Gold's gym. It'll be Gold's, Gold's gym. Gyms. Do they measure testosterone for people? No, I don't think so. Muscle and maybe fitness. that's something we can work out. Good outlet. Muscle yeah, and could, fitness. Oh, like, okay. We could do like those Frank Thomas ads. Do you guys see those with him and Doug Flutie? You ever seen those? I forget yeah. what it's for. It's like testosterone yeah. something. All right. Or what? What is it? Uh, for hims? I'm sure we could. If for hims does a lot of sponsorship stuff. <laughs> think, maybe we'll yeah. Pat can do like a I that was testosterone hair. check. Spot brought to you by for hims. I will get Odyssey working on that. Uh, but like a, new, a cool little nugget for people. Um, Tyler O'Neill batting 500 with a 500 Babbitt at Fenway Park over 13 plate appearances. One dinger. That's just over. I mean, he's he only played there in 2022, so it's not like too much of a. Uh, of a, f- a field of uh, 
data there, but dude, dude plays well at Fenway. I mean, that's just the proven track record. Like that's history for you, Sammy. Um, but yes. it'll be, int- I, I definitely think it'll be interesting to see how he plays the outfield more than just like how his bat is at Fenway. Um, just because I, are, they've been talking about him most likely becoming center field, uh, yeah. adjusting to the triangle. Yeah. Is going to be quite interesting. Just anyone ever playing out there, but I think it also gives outfielders the ability to really show off their athleticism. So I'm always excited about that. So that that's actually a question I wanted to raise. So he has a gold glove, but they're left field gold gloves, and it yep. looks like 2023 left field 58 games, center field 13 games. Did not play right field, and the reason that concerns me a bit is that. Right field's right field, but at Fenway, that is by far the toughest right field probably on the planet that you're ever going to find. It's gigantic. You basically need a second center fielder. Best possible example I can think of, Jackie Bradley Jr. in center, Mookie Betts in right. Another one, Shane Victorino, center fielder his entire career, comes to the Red Sox, right field. So, yeah, that's that's a tough assignment. I think I see him more as a left field platoon with uh, Yoshida, possibly Trying to get Yoshida stuff. off his feet. Yeah, if there's if there's a tough lefty on the mound, maybe you spell Duran for a game because uh, Yoshida can hit lefties fine. You give O'Neill the start in center. I don't see him too much in right field, to be totally honest. Might be wrong, but yeah, I feel left field, center field. I my opinion on the trade changes dramatically if his if the plan is not for him to be in right field. Like, because you're right, Sammy, he hasn't played it pretty much at all. It was like. I think it's like first year or two in the majors. He played like less than 10 games or something there. Uh, <clears throat> but if their plan is to put him in right field, because he has a really good arm. Like it's not just that he can play center field and has the range for that. Like he's got a really good arm too. It's a plus arm. So I, I think he should be able to handle right field. But yeah. if their plan is to basically have him be like a platoon with Willier and when the games in the games that O'Neill plays, he plays left and Yoshida DHs. Like basically what that would mean is that they're not going to go out and get a DH. And I think that our lineup does need another bat, like Dude, another all. proven bat. Dude, but like, what if I want Turner. You, I want well, Turner back. Get, uh, what if you get your boy Polanco, though? And then you can, you can I mean, people are going to hate me for this. You can hit that guy third between Devers and Casas. I think that's fine. But if you get like Whit Merrifield, then you kind of got to get like a DH. But uh, Gordo, real quick, O'Neill in right field, 2018, he played 24 games. Uh, 2019, he played eight games. That's it. That's his right field experience in Major League Baseball. So That scares me. To have him jump into the most difficult right field in the league, I'm a little hesitant. But the way I kind of see it is, and of course I'm biased because I love this guy. Why not give... Willier Abreu the job. Let him be the right fielder. You got Ref Snyder on the bench too. You got Rafaela. If it goes bad, you can plug those guys in. Duran in center. And then you have O'Neill in left. Yoshida DH. And then hopefully you get a second baseman with at least an average bat. And then I think you're good. Defense is good. Offense is good. I that That's how I'm looking at it now. And of course, they can make a move and get a right fielder. And then Abreu can be traded. This all changes. But as it stands right now, I like a... Pro- that, excuse me, platoon in left field, Willier in right, and then Duran in center. 
the way the way I see the the right field thing, because like you said, he hasn't played it in years, but in almost every ballpark in the majors, center field is going to be the hardest defensive outfield position to play, and they trusted him with that. So the way I see it is, if he can play center field in all these other ballparks and and do it to a Gold Glove caliber level, he can play right field. And yeah. I think the Sox. And to your point, you you said if they get Jorge Polanco. How do you feel about it? I don't feel that the need for a bigger DH is as pressing if they get a Jorge Polanco, but I thought their offense was good last year and it wasn't, but it wasn't great. If you swap for Dugo for O'Neill and then swap Turner for Polanco, you can't, you, you can try to make the argument that maybe you're like a little better. I wouldn't make that argument. I want them to be better than they were last year. So you I want that. them you both. You could get Turner. And both. then kind of That's what maybe, both. maybe get rid of get rid of Rep Snyder or don't have Rafael start in the majors. And by the way, yes. allow me to uh allow me to make myself look bad for a second. <laughs> William Abreu played 7.1 innings in right field last year. Uh made an error, uh three put outs or two put outs and three chances. So tiny, tiny sample size, which is like the cardinal sin in baseball, but yeah, it doesn't make me feel great. So well, we'll yeah, and I kind of like the scenario you laid out, actually. You bring in a guy like Polanco, you also bring back Turner, and then you truly make it like a platoon kind of mix and match kind of situation where you got a guy like O'Neill who has, as Pat mentioned, really long laundry list of injury issues, keep him off his feet a little. They got options, which is good. So we'll see how it goes. Oh, well, that's also what you the just... point, though, is that you can you – can sort of count on Tyler O'Neill getting hurt. Like, I don't want... I'm nervous to trust William Abreu with a full-time job on opening day. But you have Tyler O'Neill, who has an injury history. If you can count on him going down, William's going to get his chance. So that's how I see it. You so, go ahead, Coop. That kind of brings up my question of, like, you know, we talk about the Red Sox trying to be competitive heading into, like, opening day. And we bring up, you know, well, Tyler O'Neill, he has his injury issues, so they need to be able to patch up someone for that. And... You know, I bring up, well, I don't hate like Duvall coming back and kind of filling that slot of being like a rover of DH and outfield. Um, but he also has his injuries as put on display this past year. We talk about Whit Merrifield possibly coming in at second base and being a right-handed bat to help out the lineup that way. He's also someone who is older, most likely injury prone. Justin Turner, as Gordo had said, is a fan of coming back. Um, also injury prone and someone who... You know, they talked about last year him taking a bulk of second base slots. Like, is that something that can potentially be something there that you don't really want to rely on? But it is a possibility. And that's the whole unevenness of and then, of course, the Willier Abreu not having too many reps and being a fresh face out there. Like, it really does boil down to like what what is the safest option to make them competitive and that's what I still find very frustrating about the situation that the Red Sox are in and like what we discussed at the very beginning part of the show. I, like, I I personally, even though Adam Duvall is injury prone, I know that his bat is something that is reliable when healthy. So like I, he is hands down my number one option right now. Just sign him back. Yeah, it'll be a fifth outfielder type situation, but hopefully he can take a bulk of DH slots. And then you also go out and sign someone who can sign or trade for someone who can be a solid second baseman yeah i i don't hate that i'd be i wouldn't say he's my top choice but 
can't complain about getting the ball back. As far as realistic, like, point of view, like, I, Polanco would be beautiful. But, like, I just, I don't count on the Red Sox being aggressive like that. So, listen to this. With the, so, I think Polanco is going to end up being the guy because the Twins want to trade him. The Red Sox have a need. It seems too obvious. Listen to this. We were talking last week about not being so sure about the lineup. If O'Neill is the right fielder, like Gordo wants, and Polanco comes in, and your lineup is something like Duran, Devers, Turner, Casas, Story, Yoshida, Polanco, O'Neill, catcher. That's a friggin' that's an awesome lineup. You re-sign Turner, you bring in Polanco. Nasty, nasty. So, yeah, I, I, I'm co-sign on that one. I love that. That's a balanced, good lineup. All right, real quick before we pivot, um, I currently have up the laundry list of Tyler O'Neill's injuries because I was curious as to prevalence of reoccurrence. So he sprained his left middle finger, which that's a freak thing. There's no real carryover there. to the best of us. Uh, left wrist contusion after a hit by pitch. We've seen that with Story. It's a freak thing. Uh, lower back strain, which resolved and he came back to play. He's only suffered that from one time. We saw JD have that a couple of times. There's no real big carry over there. The one thing that is concerning is the left hamstring because he had two separate occasions of a left hamstring and those do tend to linger and kind of carry over and reoccur. But in the grand scheme of things, it's not like he's it's not like a cat like it's not like he's missing time with the same injuries or he's prone to like elbow or shoulder stuff. Like it's nothing like that. It's just run of the mill like injuries that can happen. Th- these aren't injuries that are going to you can bank on him being like uh, like slip disc in his back. He's going to be out for two months or, oh, like elbow inflammation again. Like he might need time. Like these aren't like serious injuries. There's a lot of occurrences there. None of which are like major red flags in terms of like medical reviewing. So I like that because I was expecting to see some shoulder, some elbow stuff, maybe like some kind of like ankle thing, nothing. So overall, the hamstrings kind of scary, but everything else surrounding it, the missed time and everything, nothing red flaggy. I approve. Oh. Let's go. Clip that. Clip that, Coop. We got to put right. that out on the internet, well, and then people will be renewed with hope. Pat will be a hero to the Webster's nation. Webster's word of 2023, red flaggy. Yeah. Red you flag. can at You can add the quack. You know who I'm talking about. The clack? The quack. What? Uh, oh, okay. I got you on that. Well, no, I <laughs> I only concern myself with one real doctor of Red Sox Twitter, and that's Pat Brown. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's a real doctor. Oh, uh, God. 